0: the series of draw near it's just been fantastic i've just been uncovering some just incredible revelation that god has been giving me showing me as we draw near and in james let me read it again james 6 uh uh 4 through uh 4 6 through 10 god resists the proud but gives grace to the humble amen therefore submit to god resist the devil and he will flee he will flee everybody say he will flee draw near to god and he will draw near to you. That was the word that God gave me on uh, that wonderful Wednesday a couple months ago, early in the morning. Draw near. Draw near is what he said. Draw near. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. How many know God loves the sinner? God wants them to be saved. He's not trying to belittle anybody there. He's just calling it like it is. How many know God calls it like it is? Lament and mourn and weep. There's a time for that. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Now, this may seem the opposite of the book that I've written, but how many understand there's a time when you mourn and when you repent and when you turn? Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. So this whole message on draw near is just becoming more and more clear to me. Genesis, this is what I wanted to concentrate on today. Genesis 18, verse 20 through 23. Listen, this is powerful. And the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grave, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me. And if not, I will know. And then the men turned away from there and went toward Sodom But Abraham, listen to this, but Abraham stood before the Lord, and Abraham came near. Everybody say, Abraham came near. Abraham came near, and this is what he said to the Lord. He said, would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Father, thank you for your word this evening, God, and I ask you to bless And increase our knowledge of this this incredible journey of drawing near and you drawing near to us is all about in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen, amen. So let me give you the background on this incredible story of Abraham. You remember, and I could read the whole chapter, uh, Genesis 18. They call it in theology and in Bible college, a Christophany. A Christophany is an an appearance of Christ in the Old Testament, an appearance of Christ in the Old Testament. And this is what happened here. Abraham is just kind of going through his regular routine and he sees in the distance these three men approaching. He immediately recognizes it's the Lord. Remember, Abraham was a friend of God. Abraham was a friend of God. He was intimate with the Lord. He knew the Lord. The Lord knew him. And you're going to see as I read through this, uh, I'm going to read more of it so you'll get the picture. He comes to Abraham, and Abraham's very excited. Here, let me prepare, you know, some food for you. Will you stay? You know, they're coming to judge Sodom. Sodom. They're coming to judge Sodom, and we know the end result of what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible says that God destroyed them with fire and brimstone, which is very tragic and sad. Um, but nevertheless, it was needed as they discovered. It was part of what God had determined after so long. And so, you see Abraham, and, and he's ministering to the Lord. The Lord is there, and two angels with him. You can read the story. And they're sitting down, and they're having some food and refreshing before they go on to Sodom and Gomorrah. And you remember the story with Sarah. Sarah's kind of making everything, getting everything ready, and the, and the Lord says to Abraham, I'm going to visit you this time next year, your, your wife Sarah sarai as her name was um is going to become pregnant with child now that's an impossibility physically because why she's 90 years old hello somebody so nothing happens at 90 years old like that we all know that and so god is doing something very very special for abraham he's answering prayers he's how me understand that when god gives you a word it doesn't matter how long it takes. You just trust the God who gave you the word, and you go with him on that journey. Abraham was willing to wait. He was willing 25 years after God gave him that word. He says, he visit, God visits his friend, Abraham, and says, your, your wife is going to be with child. And, of course, we know that. But here's Sarah. I love this about this. This story is so fun. How many know God has a sense of humor? He really does. I mean, he does. So here's, here's the funny part. So Sarah hears it. He, she overhears them talking about her being pregnant. And she laughs. You know, you, sometimes you just can't help but laugh. And it's all, oh, did I, did I laugh at the wrong time? You know, did I embarrass somebody because I laughed at what was just said and they were serious? You know, I, you kind of feel grieved. And I could just, I can see Sarah kind of giggle out of just said, Oh, yeah, right. And and the Lord heard her laugh. And then Sarah tried to deny. <laughs> Sarah tried to deny it. How I mean, you know when you're a friend of God, you can laugh with God, and, and you can kind of, you know, say, God, I don't know how that's going to happen. Just like that prophecy that God gave me over the weekend. I'm thinking, I don't know how that's going to happen, Lord. I'm kind of chuckling under my breath. I don't know how that's going to happen. But I've had people prophesy that I would write books, not just one, but books. I'm like, I, I can't even, I can't even read a book hardly, let alone write one. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, you kind of giggle at those things. That was an impossible thing. Some of you have impossible things in your life. Some of you are dealing with impossible things. And God is giving you words about those impossible things. And because you're a friend of God and you've drawn near to Him and you love Him and He's speaking to you about it. But the devil's whispering, Oh, that'll never happen. Look at you. Look at your life. Look, you can't, you're not going to influence anybody. You know, you know how He does. He is the accuser of the brethren. Whenever you hear the accuser, you know it's the devil. It isn't God, so you rebuke the devil. Remember, when you draw near to God, you resist the devil, and he will do what? Flee from you. And when he flees from you, you'll be able to hear God more clearly. So whenever you feel those oppressing voices or those lies of the enemy, oh, your son will never get saved. Oh, your daughter will never come back. Oh, they hate you. Or they just despise the church. Whatever. No, you, you tell the devil, no, get behind me, Satan. Get under my feet. Get out of here. Come on, somebody. So here's Sarah. She just giggles. That was a promise That God had given Abraham, your your seed will be like the stars of the sky. Impossible, and he never had a son, and he tried to work it out on his own. But 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 Sarah laughs, and Sarah denies it, and then the Lord looked at her and said, "You really did laugh. You really did. You know, kind of laugh, kind of giggling." And and you know, he he is so good. But here here the the Lord comes to judge Sodom and Gomorrah, but he stops at his friend's house. Somebody say amen. And he speaks to Abraham. Listen to this. I've got to read more of the story. It is so good. Verse 16, Then the men arose from there and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them to send them on their way. So after after the dinner and after the prophecy about the child, they, this is where the story picks up. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Don't you want God to reveal secrets to you? I want him to reveal secrets about his heart. I want him to unlock things for you that you don't understand or that are mysterious. And that's kind of what I was praying for you about. I mean, no, the The closer you get with God and you just want to be with him, the more he reveals to you. Sometimes, I'm sure Abraham didn't understand the promise of the stars of the sky. That's how your seed is going to be. I'm sure he did not quite get that, but he believed it. But he loved God regardless. You have to love God regardless if the word is fulfilled in your timetable. Somebody say amen. Does that make sense? Amen. So just love God anyway. And he'll bring it to pass. The Lord says, shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Man, that's good. That is so good. I could stay right there and preach. The Lord wants to reveal what he's doing in the earth, in our nation, in your family, in your loved ones. Since Abraham shall surely, this is a, shall we hide this from Abraham since he's surely going to become a great and mighty nation? And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed by him. For I have known him, the Lord says, listen to this, in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what." He has spoken to him. In other words, because Abraham loves me and he's going to teach his children well, he's going to be a good example to others. I'm going to just show him what we're going to do. And so the Lord said, because, the, so the Lord reveals this to Abraham. Abraham didn't quite understand it. But now the Lord's going to reveal what's about to happen. Because the outcry against Sodom, he tells uh, Abraham, because of the outcry against Sodom. And I don't know who was crying out, but there were people crying out. There was some sort of intercession, or angels were aware, or whatever, but whatever the outcry, it came to the ears of the Lord. Because of the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great, and because their sin is very grave, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it, that has come to me, and if not, I will know. And, and then this is our passage. Then the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom, and here it is, and Abraham stood before the Lord. He didn't get out of the way, he just stood. And that is a place of intercession. Everybody say intercession. Abraham stood before the Lord, and Abraham came near to God. He came near to the Lord, and he said those words, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? And then Abraham starts talking to the Lord. Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? And he he keeps bartering it down. How many... Let I me mean, understand let I me mean, understand Abraham wasn't so confident about Sodom and Gomorrah, so he's just bringing it way down. you know just, you know some some people in business, they say, you know, um, uh, just kind of underpromise and over-deliver. Everybody understands that, and that's a probably a good, good policy in business, and so Abraham's like he's bringing it way down, and the Lord's saying, "Yeah, for 30 for 40." Yeah, I'll do it. I'll spare it. I'll spare it. Suppose there's ten that are found. He finally gets to. And the Lord said, I'll not destroy it for the sake of the ten. And it says there, so the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. Let me give you three points real quick. Are you ready for rapid fire? Learning intercession for the lost as you draw near to God. Learning intercession for the lost. Number one, the Lord doesn't want any to perish. Somebody say amen. He doesn't want that. Second Peter, and I've got so much, I'll not be able to teach it all. Uh, maybe I'll just save most of this for Sunday. Second Peter 3, 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is longsuffering toward us, not willing that what? Any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Did you know that's the Lord's heart? And the Lord wants us to understand that as intercessors. It doesn't matter how bad the person seems or it looks or appears or how hopeless the Lord loves them and he wants them saved. Number two, in your drawing near and learning intercession and standing before the Lord and nothing is going, nothing can get as bad as Sodom and Gomorrah was. I mean, it's pretty bad now, but it's nothing near what Sodom and Gomorrah were. Now there are places, there are pockets, there are definite uh, bars and places where it's just really, really bad. And <clears throat> but the Lord, He loves those people. He wills not any should perish. Number two, your prayers for the lost are kind of what I call front burner prayers. Make your prayers, um. More balanced for the lost. A, a lot of our prayers are for ourselves and, you know, what, what's happening in our lives. And those are all good. The Lord wants to hear that. He wants you to pray and feel free to do that. But, but front burner prayers, what I mean by that is that make those a priority. Those people that you care about. Remember, Abraham was the uncle of Lot who was in Sodom and Gomorrah. And I know that's who he was pleading for. Help me understand. Why Lot stayed there, I'll never know. I will never know why he stayed there. But he was a righteous man still. And even in the midst of great filth and and degradation, depravity, righteous people can still exist. Somebody say "Man, There's so much here. But then this is the big point. The Lord honors you when you pray, when you go and when you tell others. Psalm 126, verse 4 through 6. Those who sow in tears. This is chapter 9 in my book. Those who sow in tears reap in joy. And in in my book, I, I teach you about the heart of God and weeping and intercession for the lost. It's things that I've learned over the years. And when I don't have that burden and that tears, it, it, it concerns me. Um, and so I try to stay on that as much as possible. But those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Stand with me, come on up here Dave. I was gonna read from chapter nine in my book at that point but I'll save that for later or you can just get it and read it yourself. But they who sow in tears, the Lord does not despise tears. Tears are not a sign of weakness especially when praying for the lost. But they're rather a sign of strength. They unlock things for you and others, your tears. You know, the Bible says that God bottles your tears. He remembers your tears. And and sometimes as we grow older and all of our loved ones get saved, you know, we're praying for them and they get saved, our tears, you know, we wept for them. There's other people still yet to weep for, somebody say amen, or people who have backslid people that don't know God, or they're, they're on, they have habits and addictions that they shouldn't have. The Lord wants you to intercede. Stand before the Lord, draw near to Him, and talk to Him about their soul. Bow your heads right now. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, that you would impart draw near your heart of intercession. Lord, we love your glory when we draw near because you said you'd draw near to us. We love that it's an invitation to draw near to you. It's also a prophetic warning because of so many things that are happening in the world. Your church must come in. They must draw near to you to fulfill their destiny and be protected from what's going to happen. But also, Lord, it is an evangelistic call Labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, the Lord says, and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart. The Lord wants to teach us about Himself as we draw near to Him. But then there's this brand new revelation of intercession that as we draw near, we're beholding Him, beholding Him in everything. But the Lord wants us to look lift up our eyes and see the harvest from the throne room, from the place of authority so that we can break off principalities and powers off of our loved ones by declaring and decreeing their freedom from addiction. Did you know when you declare and decree from the throne room with Jesus, you carry the authority of God. God has given you dominion in the earth He's also given you authority in heaven so that you can declare and decree that your loved ones are set free. They're going to be set free. The power of God's going to come upon them. You're going to see revival. You're going to see breakthrough. You're going to see them blessed. They're going to live for God. They're going to be healed. They're going to be delivered. Why? Because you are working with Him. You're working with the Lord. He wants you to decree this. He doesn't want you to just ring your hand, I'm so worried you know, I know you can do it. No, he wants you to do it with him. We are co-laborers, right? Does that make sense?